Hello, my children. Fuck you, Chuck. Warning. Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Oh, Dad. Oh, Dad. Oh, Dad. I'm in the Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Supernatural The Crossroads. I'm your host, Thomas Cowley. Joined with me today, as always, is Ryan Denton. What's up? And Michael Flores. Yellow. And we are going to be talking about Season 15, Episode 2, Raising Hell. Now, remember, if you want to listen live on your mobile device, you can find us on the TuneIn app. Search Crossroads 003 or XROAD 003. Add us to your favorites. You can also text RMD69 to 50597 to receive mobile push notifications whenever an RMD show is about to go live, and that includes The Crossroads. So here we are once again, the second part of a Supernatural season premiere, the final season premiere. It is kind of a part one, part two. This has been going on for a couple of years now that they do this kind of split premiere setup where usually the first one has been a little bit more set up and the second one has been a little bit more payoff i guess i if guess you would. dab also tweeted out that um or i should say a listener tweeted to us that dab in an interview said that this is actually a three-parter this year different yeah completely different for Did us he now which does put this in a different context i guess because when we went into this i think based yeah. on our last discussion a lot of us were expecting to be blown away or the doors of this season blow off with this episode yeah we're gonna we've got a billion ghosts in a small town we've got a serious problem on our hands it's about time to start dealing with it and get the season really on track and moving yeah with the final season we really need to set the tone correctly yes there's a a lot to be said for the slow burn but i think when we have the way season 14 ended i think that's chlamydia the slow burn right ryan <laughs> Like how you go to Ryan? Um, <laughs> you know, it? that's a great question, Mike. I don't know. You should you know. probably WebMD oh. that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't know. Personally. You'd have dick cancer if you go on WebMD. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, cancer us, of the whole body. Some of us uh, have a burning dick sensation when they pee. Yeah, that's that, that's typically not good. I don't know why you're pointing at me. I don't have that. So, Is it true if you don't use it, you lose it? <laughs> that is actually accurate. Uh, All so right. Is yours falling off yet? or? Oh, is that a question? You- <laughs> <laughs> just keep pointing, Mike. That's good. Yep, yep. Just deflect. Deflect. But we we all expected this episode to really get things moving. Yes, there's something to be said for the slow burn. No, not that one. Mm-hmm. But with the final season, we really should be pedaled to the metal. And while we expected that going into this episode, it really did kind of slow things down. And I don't think many of us expected that. It, it took things more of a plotting mythology. Myth- ah. A, a plotting, slow, methodical approach yeah. to this episode. 
What we do know, some of the we did get a little bit more highlights as to what is actually going to be maybe the myth arc for the season. What is going to be some of the little breadcrumbs that we're going to see here that will ultimately come into play by the end of the season. Partly being the fact that God is running scared. That was the biggest one to me, the most interesting one to me, that he is panicked, that he's got to change his plans a little bit, or first, maybe for the first time, something isn't going the way he planned. There might be something to the meta-narrative of when your creation starts to take a life of their own, in that, a way. That leads me to believe, too, if, if, if he's feeling that way, it leads me to believe that maybe he didn't foresee Sam shooting he might not have and that's yeah interesting stuff we could play with and and that's a silver lining i think thomas for me because there are some things i wasn't quite on board with with the whole idea of chuck scared and Mm -hmm. but then you know upon reflection i'm like you know what this suddenly reframes the the whole free will aspect because if god is running scared uh, and he's injured this is not a part of his plan obviously I, i mean unless again he's playing a part which would be just fucking ridiculous if, I mean, he does it all again. Yeah, he's the fucking Robert Downey Jr. of God in Supernatural. You I don't, know, he's a I don't dude. drop the character to do the DVD commentary. <laughs> he's just a dude playing God, <laughs> playing a dude disguised as another dude. Yeah, could be. <laughs> Fuck, I, that. Would, I don't know if I'd be pissed or just laugh at that point. Remember that time I was associated at a San Antonio? <laughs> <laughs> Can I holler at you? But I think the idea of perhaps something going the way he. A, a way he did not plan or perhaps his own hubris being a reason as to why oh. he'll eventually have some downfall oh. or some sort of karma comeuppance mm-hmm. with Billy having talked about cosmic consequences. There's a lot of things we could play into this idea. Um, we also got to see some familiar faces this episode. Some fans like that. Some fans are, are a little bit mixed, but it's always nice to see some characters so long as they make sense to be there as we've st- argued that and and hammered that thought home repeatedly you can have any character show up so long as they fit the narrative for that episode was the supporting it just role. me or was the darkness extra hot in this episode i think she looked i less... think you're thinking that because she was half undressed under a towel no, no yeah. i thought she was smoking with the yellow glasses she looked all funky when she was going out to what was it play oh, poker or yeah, blackjack something somewhere like in reno yeah i was like damn yeah, she was looking pretty good she was. It she was, was nice to see her creepy. back as well. She was looking less creepy. Well, she was all a little like, less ominous, like, I'm going to murder everything you yeah. love. Well, she was, when we first met her, she was all, like, off the bus stop. She was shoeless many times. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's wrong with being shoeless? I mean, that's hot in its own way. Like, hey, you want to be a star? I hope you be a star. Ugh, Come on this, over. Come sit <laughs> on this couch. Come sit on this couch. Tell us about yourself. Oh. What's your name? My name's Destiny. You got dreams of being a starlet? Oh, you know it. All right. I- you should see me when I'm naked. Oh, well, let's go ahead and rehearse. <laughs> I really don't know what to say to that. I you guys, just, you guys just had this back, natural back and forth. I've watched there. enough casting couch to know where it goes, dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Uh, I do think there's something to say about Amara's return. Yes, I think part of it is because we see her in her own light and not just as a force of nature yep. or the darkness in this stereotypical black dress. And every time we see her, it's an ominous, threatening presence. This time we saw her as who she has become more than anything else. Am I the only one that really digs the fact that she's stuck at the Chuck, though? Like, you don't, I don't need you. You need me. 
And I, I think, like, watching Chuck get completely put in his place was fantastic. I, I don't know. I'm mixed on that. I think you like it because you hate Chuck. I think this new I, version. I absolutely hate Chuck. Yeah. This new version of Chuck, yes, I was glad. Yes. But it pain, doesn't make it, sense for Chuck as a whole. But it pains me. Yes. Because I, I hate him. I think he's a swarmy. Uh, we'll get into pathetic that. Pathetic piece of shit now. Yeah. And for her to do that to him, I'm like, good. And and it kind of felt weird because I've always been pro Chuck, even when he made some questionable know, qu- decisions. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a greater discussion there. Yeah, we'll get into it. Okay. Another thing that I, we got was the fact that Cass is unable to heal catch for the first time. He can't use his angelic powers to that degree. Something that even when he lost connection to heaven, maybe he did it on purpose. He's like, he's just too good just, looking. He's like, this God guy. Damn it. Fuck if I take guy. away his bruises, he's still going to be that good looking. Fuck. Hey, just make him hurt for a little bit. I was going to bang Rowena. Now he's trying to bang. Yeah, That's first, what it is. First Gabriel got in there and then now uh, everyone I mean, but him. I mean, even yeah. Jack the Ripper got up in that. <laughs> <laughs> fuck this shit. Maybe Cass is trying to fuck, dude. Was, you don't know. He was human for a bit. It was the the it taste was, is there. It was the angelic version of cock blocking. Was, <laughs> <laughs> I could heal you and, you know, you could feel better and maybe get to have some sex, but I ain't going to heal you, bitch. <laughs> Cock that he, pr- he probably when he wing when he pretended to heal him, he probably gave him like leprosy of the dick. He was like, <laughs> only your dick. He made only his, your dick will fall off. He made his dick three inches shorter. He's like, Ugh. I took the tissue from your dick. <laughs> oh man, that's fucked up, dude. No, but it, dick jokes aside, it's interesting that he for the first time can't heal because whenever he's been cut away from heaven, he's been able to do that all. The he's time, still right? been able to do that when yeah. he can't fly. He still is able to do that for the first time. His powers in that realm, which perhaps out of all the other angelic powers have not quite been nerfed. Now that's going away too, where you start to ask, okay, well then what's the soon? What's the difference between him and a human at this rate? Is that deliberate? What does this have to say about either a Chuck's powers or B the host of heaven as a whole say that five times fast. And we also got a new name, Ardat, a new demon who's out for Belphegor. Mm-hmm. Which hopefully she's a hot demon. <laughs> hopefully she got nice booty. All that. You guys need like rub one out or something before Maybe we I continue. Do, the rest don't of worry the show. about what I do before I come in here. Listen, not everyone's having threesomes, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, I mean, some of us, some of us aren't. <laughs> some of us aren't. Sucks to be you, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus, that sucks, dude. All right, so let's let's get straight into this episode. Ryan, can you give us a synopsis and writer-director? Sure. Dean and Castiel and Sam call on Rowena to help keep the evil souls at bay and get an unexpected assist by catch. I'm going to write the most generic synopsis. Wasn't that unexpected since it was in the preview? Yeah, thanks. I mean, so wow, unexpected. an unexpected telegraphed, reported, and documented in promotional materials. Uh, Surprise. Directed by Robert Singer. And written by Brad Buckner and Eugenie Ross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in this one, we get a little bit of breadcrumbs once again about the main myth arc for the story this season. It does seem like that seems to be the kind of, you know, motive or or plan going forward for season 15 a little bit here a little bit there but a lot of focus on what is currently happening right in front of us i don't know if that's intended to be part of this opening three-part premiere or if that's signs of what's to come with the rest of the season i'm not 100 certain but we get a little bit more ideas of where things are going to go 
During this episode, we find out a little bit more about Belphegor in general. We know that given the fact that he's a demon-possessing Jack, automatically makes us uncomfortable. Automatically, we do not like this character, even if we kind of like this character. Yeah. And I did like to see him be a little bit more degaff, not give a fuck in general. Because before, I, I said this last week, I like it when I wanted to see Alexander Calvert do something of his own with a demon. And I don't want to pass judgment too early. The first one felt like every other demon that we've ever seen. This time it feels a little bit more. He was more he comfortable. He truly doesn't give a shit about what happens to the people well, around him. He was them. more cool, calm, more casual. More cool, calm, casual. Not as snarky and and deliberately cool, if that makes sense. Right. I guess. I, maybe that might have just been me, but I like that he didn't give a fuck about most people. It's like, yeah. Thomas, do you gonna... actually know what being deliberately cool is? I'm just curious. No, it's, I've only ever heard of it. Okay, cool. <laughs> so I just, I was making I sure. I assume it's what Wait, you're doing all the time. So yeah. are you deliberately being cool? Right, meaning you're trying to be cool because that's what that means. I- I'm aware of what that means. <laughs> All right. <laughs> God, I can't even. I can't even make fun of people around here without getting called out now. Yeah. How many years has that been? <laughs> no, that's too. So we know Belphegor is still a mystery, but we got a little bit more insight into he's not good beyond just what he means for the Winchesters and beyond the fact that he's possessed Jack's body. We know that we can't trust him in any way, but he might still end up being more important to the season than we had originally thought. And we say that only because of the fact that another demon is hunting him, that he was the reason, quote, catch has been brought into the story as a whole. We're, I mean, I think I can speak for everybody here when we're saying we really hope this is not, you know, praise whoever now, because I can't say Chuck anymore, I guess. Pray to whatever that this is Billy. not another pray to Billy yeah, pray that to this Billy. is not another Asmodeus incident that he will actually have some relevance to the plot He'll as a mean whole. something to the story. Well, I- if you look at Dab's writing history, that's usually what he does. He introduces a new villain of sorts, someone who's questionable, a gray character, someone that we're not quite sure. Should we trust him? What's his motives? And then he's written off. So I'm hoping we don't continue that tradition because, of course, this being the final season, everything needs to matter. And it, it did give me a little bit of faith, the fact that they did find a, a way to bring catch into the show by way of introducing the idea or concept that Bel- Belphegor is wanted dead because of, apparently, according to this other demon, he represents a threat to humanity. And whether or not that's true or not, it's interesting. I, it's interesting because why would a, a demon even care? Why would another demon well, care about humanity? Well, so that being said, whether Belphegor is to be trusted or not, we suddenly have questions. Well, why would a demon need to hire a, a, a human to kill another demon? Yeah, And, it, and, and there's got to be something to that. All demon on demon f- violence and hatred and, in Chicago. and feuds and feuds has been more has always been presented as like a petty thing. Petty anger, petty jealousy, fuck that person. They think they're so cool. And the demon wants to take out this other one for ego, if nothing else. For the first time, this feels like an altruistic motivation that the demon's trying to help humanity. Which makes sense. Which, these are the ties of some new narrative threads, perhaps for the season, perhaps for something that has been laid earlier that we're not quite aware of yet. But the idea that... A demon would give a shit about humanity 
is really, really weird because outside of Crowley and, and, it, and Ruby and, for the sole purpose of lying to Sam, I don't, I don't think I can recall a demon that has deliberately given f- of shit about a single person, let alone all of humanity. And Crowley's a gray area too, because a lot of his caring for humanity was like to better his self-motivated, his self-motivated. So like he's, he's or a gray out area. of apathy towards hell. Yeah. And, and, and with Ruby, she was just, you know, a she, wanted agent. To, she wanted to bang Sam. Well, whatever. Dude. Well, who I, didn't, I, right? Whatever. So, I mean, he has washboard abs. Um, <laughs> but I, I think, I think the biggest thing here is is the telling sign that it is is serious. Is like I said a few minutes ago: is why would a demon need to hire a human to kill another demon? Yeah, and that's, that's another thing, and that's what's interesting to me. It just needs to pan out. It needs to it turn into something. To, yeah. But that right there alone gives me a bit gives me a lot of faith because if you think of all the narrative that threads they're throwing in to this episode, there was a, it was a lot. I think when you're dealing lot, yeah. when you're dealing with a third a three part I guess season opener I think you can probably spread it out a, a little bit more than that but at least they're dropping these threads now mm-hmm. because we can't procrastinate this season we no. do have to get the ball rolling and when you think about it they have the Chuck situation they have the darkness situation that was that was obviously reintroduced into this episode or into the season because I'm sure she will be of relevance by the end of the season. Then you have the Sam, Sam's visions, and then you have uh, Catch being brought back in. You have Ghost Kevin. You have Jack, Billy, and the Empty. You have Jack, Billy, and the Empty. You have now Belfagor and Ardat. There's a lot going on, and that's a positive, I feel, at this moment, because I feel like right now we have more going on in two episodes than we've had in all of Dab's run. What do you think about it? Now, that's a positive but it's also fucking scary because that's a lot of spinning plates because the pacing has been very off with these episodes. Yeah. So you have shows that have kind of, you have two episodes that have kind of stutter stepped, not been in, entirely intriguing or I don't want to say intriguing. Cause that's false. Um, exciting. Yeah. They have been rather ho-hum. Let's get the job There's done. There's no pulse pounding sense of right. dread or fear yeah and I'm, that's not a negative i'm not saying that's a negative i'm just saying that's and we already got it went into that last week that's this is kind of the norm for uh the season premieres at this point with supernatural that it's a little slow getting going uh my point is is that yes i'm i'm excited that we have these things coming together that mm-hmm. are no doubt going to end up forming the myth arc of the final season but at the same time at the same time that's a lot of fucking things into a, into two episodes that haven't been incredibly paced well. Yep. I think you have to understand, you know, this, I keep saying it, but it's the final season, man. Shouldn't we be just in awe every episode? I feel like. Ideally, yes. I just, I feel like, I know we talk about how the beginning of the episode, the seasons always are slow, but man, I just feel like we should have got one zero to a hundred right off the bat. And I, I don't feel like that's happened at all. And there, and that's something to Mike's point of that. It does feel a little awkward the the episode is a little stilted there's a few issues with pacing in general and some of the dialogue where it does feel unnecessarily slow at certain points or we spend a certain amount of time yeah, on various ideas and not enough time on other ones yeah. yeah that's a good way to put it thomas it's it's slow but it shouldn't be because there's a lot being given to us right, right. there's a lot there's a lot of stuff there to keep it kind of ramped up yeah and i think that a lot of things with dab's run seem to be ideas versus how it eventually panned out and whether this is a a writing or a directing thing 
some of the dialogue felt awkward or some of the pauses feel unnatural. It doesn't feel like a Sam and Dean at their best. These characters throughout the show, all the side characters and supporting at their best feel very real that these reactions and these Mm -hmm. quick witted statements are true to their personality, true to who they are Mm -hmm. and genuine. And in this episode, I didn't get that sense it felt very much like people are reading from a script or there's a lot of exposition in this statement or unnecessary description of things that I've already been established from just last week. So I'm not 100% certain where the issue lies within it because you're right, Mike. There's a lot of stuff here that I shouldn't have this sense as I'm going through. And it could be a result of being the middle child in a three-part premiere, which is something they haven't really done before. So that could be part of it as well. When, now, you mentioned exposition. Are you talking about the Ketch and Rowena connection? That is one of them. Yeah. But it's not the only example. It might That might have been a better example to me of them sitting on something and spending time on this scene. That when I look at it, even if I have fun, even if I enjoy these characters and how they interact, mm-hmm. I'm sitting here asking myself, this was the final season. Is this relevant or could this have been cut from the entire script and not had an impact. I think at this point we can have faith that it will be relevant. Let's wait until maybe episode 14, 15. And then then, we can start really asking. And then we can say, well, you guys introduced this, 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 and that. And uh, we have five episodes left. Oh, but at this point, I feel like we can give them the benefit of the doubt of, you know, where all this is going. We're only two episodes into a season, but that being said, when it comes to exposition, Thomas, um, I think the thing that stands out for me that I was a little, I was a little disappointed because, and maybe there was just so much expectations for me at this point. We've been waiting for the catch and Rowena connection to be revealed to us. A full two years almost. Yeah. And apparently we, we find out, but apparently she was imprisoned at some point by the British men of letters. Okay, fine. And then catch freed her. And there was some strange, very awkward sexual vibe going on between the two of them that mm-hmm. never felt quite real. Oh, it, it was yeah. very, it didn't feel right. And I, not sure why. Maybe the chemistry wasn't there. I don't know because both those characters are extremely sexy. They're awesome. They're badass. I mean, how many times have we shipped catch with numerously numerous different actors? Everyone. I, but then when we finally get it, it was just like, well, that's kind of that's kind of off. Well, I think the true factor behind that is not so much the actors. I, I think this is a good example of where your writing has to carry through because it, you can't just place characters in any scenario and it will work. Well, last we saw of Ketch and Rowena and knowing last where they were, Ketch was going through a redemption arc, felt terrible about what happened to Mary. And we never quite was got trying to redeem to himself and was on a borderline vendetta hunt for Rowena. And she had reason to fear and or hate him. Last we knew, according to the end of season 13. Now we jump to 15 and it's like, hey, want to fuck on this table? Yeah. We're missing some chapters here for us to jump to this kind of back and forth love romance. I absolutely agree. And not just that, but the way it was revealed to us, it was just I had my I think that might have been my biggest problem with this episode. As I said, I'm okay with this episode. But that moment, they. It's almost like they didn't know how else to it's almost like they were listening to this show and they're like, hey, you know, the, the. I was listening to the Crossroads writer A, and they were mentioning that we never really made that connection with Catch and Rowena. Let's go ahead and do it now. Okay. All right, but how do we do it? Well, let's have them talk about it. 
Brilliant. Okay, it's done in 15 seconds. I typed it up now. I didn't even look for a <laughs> now, second draft for or revision. For those listeners out there, Thomas, that might not know, might not know the definition of exposition, because we throw that word around that's all true. the time. Fair enough. Right there. That's exposition. <laughs> and that's negative. That's a negative thing when you're writing a script. When you have two actors talk out something in a, in a scenario like that, where they it's Hey, remember this thing we didn't show or ever see or reference beforehand? Why, yes, I do, even though I shouldn't. <laughs> well, let us jumping. do something about that right now in this exact way as I lay out in front of you. Brilliant. I shall continue to do that exact thing as you said with not even a skipping of the beat and to do my own thoughts or process. I'll just do what you said. Yeah, that, that's and that's that was not good. That's not how you <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not real. And that's the thing is yeah. it's stilted and awkward. And I think that is the setup. I think if we had had people might've had a problem with Gabriel and Rowena kind of hooking up, but it was funny and their personalities worked and what we knew of Gabriel and what we knew of Rowena that made sense. Catch and Rowena could have, but where we had last left them off, there's two or three <laughs> chapters awkward, yeah. that is just missing. And they're just telling us but, right but, here. Oh yeah. That's what happened. The cliff notes. Read the sticky note. Yeah. Don't worry about it. And that makes it feel weird. Where's the sticky note? It's underneath my sandwich. It's in my pants. Yeah, it is. It's underneath the sandwich. Oh, I see. We forgot to produce this. I had, <laughs> I had this whole section here. <laughs> yeah, that was one that felt a little bit awkward. A, a better way within this own episode to reveal some of this stuff, to give us an insight into what has happened, was Chuck's and Amara's kind of back and forth. There was a lot that we inferred without having to see every element of these two characters and what they had done in the three, four years since they ran off into the sunset together to try and work on their relationship. But the biggest thing that we got from this was God is trapped for the first time ever. He is not able to just flee from his mistakes he is trapped on Earth and unable to move to a different dimension. Well, I think it, which is huge. It, Perhaps the greatest mistake he's ever had. Well, yeah. We also learn that he is not at full power, too. You know, we've learned we learned that he is hurt. Yeah, I just love the uh, poetic justice of the fact that he put his sister in a prison, and he's essentially put Sam and Dean and all of humanity on multiple universes in prison multiple universes in prisons and now he's trapped there is i will say there is a nice poetic justice karma again we come back to cosmic consequences and a balance yeah. thing to that because we know from the season 11 finale you cannot destroy or kill god or amara without cataclysmic consequences well, at least to all that's reality story we still well we know. saw that happen so the, for the most part, we How saw we that know happen. That's in not him doing all that. We don't. But for sake of argument, right now, were he to die, that would cause untold damage to the universe. However, if he were to fall into a trap of his own hubris, his own fuck up, his own hmm. design, that would have that poetic justice element, yeah. while also solve that problem of we can't kill him. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm I'm really hoping they take it in that direction. That. I think they his destruction is of his own doing and it has to do directly with the universe and the cosmic balance and Sam and Dean. And I think they're going in that direction because you have the fact we have this issue now that God is trapped. He's injured. 
by a fake gun that he made. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that say about Sam? Do they have some ability? Think of the Tulpa. Do they have some ability? Does Sam and Dean have some ability to actually truly pave their own path, their own destiny? And that is why Chuck is now scared because that gun was not supposed to work on him. And there's something about Sam that was able to cut through the lies, the deceit, Chuck's terribly written stories and essentially recapture or I want to say, yeah, recapture their own their own free will, their the true free will. Is that what we're trying to say? Is that what they're doing? Well, the other the are other they thing- putting the power back into Sam and Dean's hands? The other thing that's interesting, too, is is we know that there's a connection now. We know that when he touches it, Sam hurts. So That's we, why you got to go gentle sometimes. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you got to put it in nice and slow. Yeah. Um, but we know, we know that there's a connection now between the two of them. And I think that's not only scary going forward because we know if, if both of them are hurting and there's a connection there. Yeah. Does, if something happens to Sam, does something happen to, to Chuck or something yep. happen to Chuck, does something happen to Sam? And I think that's now we've got a dilemma. If Sam dies, Chuck dies. Yeah. And, and, we, and we know how Dean's going to feel about that. Yeah. Right. Will you save your worst enemy to save the person you care about yeah. the most? And I think that's I mean, I'm I'm OK with that. I'm OK with that because like what you said, Mike, it, it's God. It's Chuck's own doing. Right, and, and it ha- I, but it has to be something bigger than that as well. Yes, it has to be has connected. To be it, it yeah. would because we kept we were talking about how uh, one of our biggest dislikes about this reveal that Chuck is the big bad. Right, uh, our biggest issue was it takes away so much power from Sam and Dean, and that the last fourteen years they had no power, they had no control. But imagine if th- through God's arrogance, he didn't really see the threat they truly do represent. And they do have some type of power and control over their well, own destiny. And now he's terrified. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with this because this has been a very meta discussion since Chuck's reveal in the end of season 14. If the creator is destroying their lives for joy, which is what any writer is doing. I mean, you, you write characters who go through pain and tragedy and suffering unless you're writing children's books. Therefore, are you not the same as Chuck causing them this pain if they were real could they as art there's a lot of ideas out there that when you deliver something as an artist when you put something out into the world it takes on a life of its own have Sam and Dean from a meta narrative standpoint become that and he can no longer control the story the problem with that in some way while it could be an interesting take is that it kind of undoes the idea that he is all knowing and all powerful or is it in his hubris that he cre- truly created a gun that could kill him? Or is it more of a, if it, the whole idea behind the equalizer is it does whatever you do to somebody else, it'll do to you. So does the human dying mean the entity, God, Chuck, whomever will also die? Or is it more of a fact that he was that afraid of Jack? I feel like we need to get some, some more concrete reasoning behind this gun yeah because if it's just he fucked up frankly and made a level 11 cult well then i'm gonna be like you fucking idiot like that feels really shallow but if it is more this poetic if you kill sam if you try to kill me it'll take sam with me you need me so we have to throw god in the cage just like sam was gonna jump in the cage there could be some strong story if you can manage that then we've got ourselves a story yeah but if you if you 
and we've said this again and again with this season and dab as a whole he put himself in a situation full of landmines of glass and razor blades and hiv needles oh wow you gotta be careful because anything could set this off i don't want to get pricked (laughs) anything could set this off now the other question is what does this have to do with sam's visions Mm -hmm. how are these connected and we actually have to thank SPN Mom 3 for tweeting this article to us about this vision. Because we had which, missed this one. Which this confused me when I first saw this. It shed a light on the fact that it was Sam and not Castiel that had those visions in the previous episode. And, okay, anyone in this studio, did that come across? Not in the slightest. We had all thought it was Cass, right? Because that's I how did. It, that's he touched how- Sam's shoulder then we come back to Cass. I was pretty sure. And if that's the case, and that was a poor decision for ed- from an editing standpoint, because the the camera should have been on Sam. Po- it should have been post vision. And then Cassie should be like, "What happened? Are you okay?" Yeah, <laughs> did, Ryan, did you think that was uh, Cass's vision or Sam's? Are you I, even listening? <laughs> I, no, I am. I just, I don't know. I, that was. It was okay. Never mind. Yeah. Because he wasn't, I can tell you what, he was reading something over there. I hard. was reading, yeah. I was a little. What are we talking about right now? We we're talking about Sam and Cass. Well, duh. <laughs> Thank you for that. He's like a kid. Like, was, we're talking what, about supernatural, what, what, you idiot. When I asked my son, what did I just say? He'll repeat the last two words. Because course, he wasn't. Well, you asked what, that's what the last thing you said. You asked <laughs> me what did I say. Ryan is such a child, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, according to TVLine.com, <laughs> we find out. Uh, the question was asked, this season premiere also dropped a very tantalizing little tidbit with these weird flashes. First of all, was that Cass or Sam experiencing them, or was that just for the audience? They said it was Sam experiencing them. Sam and the audience. Cass knows something's wrong with the wound. He knows he can't heal it, but he did not see those specific visions. Yeah. So that is, I think, an editing mistake, because we were not the only ones to ask this question then. Yeah. And we're pretty good. I would say we're pretty damn good at dissecting and and understanding episodes of television and movies. And for us to all, all three of us not get that. (laughs) Yeah, that's an issue. And that's from Dab himself saying that. So that's not to be. How does something like that get like through the editing room though? Like how does, how does something like when you, like the editor watches that and goes, "Eh, it makes sense. I was at lunch big. Oh, okay. I just, I I always, I don't understand how stuff gets through like that. The there's a couple different answers. One, they're too close to material. They've been doing it so much that they phone they, it in. They miss something. That's called phone. They're like, it oh, in. it's so obvious. Like to I just us. did with that question that Mike just asked. Yeah. There's also that he was nearing close to my union five. He said Sam and Cassiel. <laughs> he somebody perhaps hypothetically someone ate the sticky oh. note that said, oh. hey. <laughs> Do this this way. Perhaps it was trapped in a barbecue sauce sandwich. Who knows? This, this is hyperbole. I like barbecue sauce. Hey, what is this? An ESL? This is conjecture. Someone ate the editing uh, shots list. But yeah, and what's this? I'm going to eat this. <laughs> <laughs> Hypothetically, I would never claim that Andrew Dabb was so lazy and fat that he oh, ate the sheet come on. paper. I would say hypothetically someone come could on. have, like a dog or something. Come on. I mean, we imply all the time. <laughs> <laughs> We but, just can't be on the nose anymore. Like we just can't do that or what? Yeah. Hypothetically. But whether or not it was Sam or Castiel having these visions, I am really, really questioning now. What does this all mean? Because if 
Chuck God is scared. It has to be because he didn't see this coming. So is it, as Mike said, the Tulpa factor where something you've created or your belief in this has created such a power? Is it his own fuck up hubris of creating a too powerful gun? Is it karmic balance? Is it something to do with the fact that Sam and Dean, with it, whether he even realized it or not, by making them the center points of this story, they have more power over him than he realizes at this point? Or is it one of those, yeah. the creator is trapped in their own creation and now have to play by the messed up rules that they themselves have instilled? See, Thomas, that is making me hard. Like, I, <laughs> I, I mean, that's amazing. That's what we've been talking about this whole time. Like, you and I need to just take over and start writing because that's exactly what they should be doing. I mean, that's what Kripke started kind of alluding to. If you're going to make God bad, that's the way you do it. Make him trapped. Make it poetic. Yep. I mean, that's just, fuck, that would be great. And I'm hoping they go in that direction. Well, because if that's the case, if you do something to where he's always messed with people's lives, he's left these worlds, as we saw with season 13, completely destroyed and abandoned. Every one of his creations has cried out for his help, and he has just left them. Now, whether or not that worked in season 11 for Carver's run and for all the different philosophical reasons there here, if it is, you're that bad, big of an asshole kind of idea. It's only fitting that now you have to play by these same rules. There, that's that is strong literature, great literature. There's great episodes of even Twilight Zone that have that where the racist had to live in his own world as that his own race hell. his own hell that is hell in many respects can you imagine if it ends with chuck having to live the rest of his life as a human and never no, being able to die with no power Ooh, i think the, the i think hell is too easy i think death is life too easy. is hard why Life's, not make that be life it? is hard dude look at what happened to castile and all the angels yeah. look at how much they suffered when heaven was taken from them i think it'd be interesting to watch to watch Chuck knowing that he has to um, play by his own rules that he created and watch him get scared. I think because we've never seen God or Chuck scared. I am excited to watch him go down that route of going, holy fuck. I'm like, I, I did this to myself. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, at the same time though, we also know that Chuck has been uh, a surrogate, a stand in for the showrunner at that time and calling out something like game of Thrones Felt a little too uh, tempting fate, in my opinion, I will say. Hey, do you think Dad's trying to tell us something? Like, is he trying, hey, is remember he... that other thing you loved and thought couldn't fuck up? Yeah. Because you were da- wrong, I believe, weren't you? <laughs> I believe Dab tweeted out that he liked the NDA Game of Thrones. I could be wrong, but I remember there being an article out there. Listeners, please correct me if I'm wrong. Tweet me at I Crossroads SPN. But I'm pretty sure he did. And I'm wondering if he's putting himself in that do you want to draw that, that comparison, category. though? He's doing it on purpose. That that much is for sure. Do you when, think that he's like when a... the show has always made the showrunner essentially Chuck, and he mentions for no reason Game of Thrones and the ending? He is trying to draw connections because he's. This is why I don't like Dab because he continues to. You know, there's always a certain amount of. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? I always do it to myself. Uh, deprecating. Self-deprecating. Self-deprecating mm-hmm. humor. There's always a little bit of that with uh, ever since Kripke, right? Oh, yeah. But Chuck's, dab, Dab's Chuck, is, it's overboard. Yeah. And I, I'm, it's fine. Yeah, it's it it, it works, but I feel like this is him rolling over, accepting that fans aren't going to like his conclusion. That 
seems doesn't I it, have doesn't it seem that. that though? It does. I and that's the thing is that I feel like because he has already said that in interviews. You are literally knows. calling out and making a direct comparison to arguably one of the most hated endings of all time on television. Yeah, and you want to bring that heat your way? You want to stand in that cannon fire? Like a dab. The more and more I see him on Twitter and his interviews, he is goading people. He's negging. You know that that term, yeah. negging? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're he, freaking ugly. You want to go out? He's he's a reverse troll. He's the type of person that just picks, 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 and he he's the kid that eats boogers in school so that he can to get, get attention, so he can get negative attention. He does that a lot. Look at his Twitter feed. He does. That's a good point. He he's wants a troll, he dude. wants to be stuffed in the locker. He wants to be stuffed somewhere, more like his stomach. Oh, oh, come on. I'm so hungry. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, I just, think the thing. I, okay. Like, I know that we, we've had showrunners, especially with Kripke. There's that four, fourth wall that they typically break mm-hmm. with Chuck and stuff. But you have to be a huge narcissist to make a tweet like that and then make the character that's I, supposedly. Again, I'm but is that not what Chuck is right now? Hey, dude, this yes. is, I said this with the season like, 14 finale on. where, where Chuck and when, when Dean was reading tweets yeah. and getting angry at Twitter, I was like, that is dab talking to us Wait, from Dean his was reading tweets in season 14's finale. He Go was, back. He was reading. Tweets. He was reading Twitter at one point. Oh, oh, oh yeah. And it was this very much, well, I'm going to take my ball and go home with it. And that's what happened at the end of season 14. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me. But I'm. It wouldn't surprise me that he'd do it. I'm just asking myself, why would you want to? But if he's, if the evidence you're presenting makes a strong case for it's it, it's Eminem syndrome, you know. The, if you yeah, call, but Eminem's if you, actually good. If you call yourself out first, then no one else can. You know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but not if I break them first. Yeah. <laughs> are we? Are we even thinking Dab's that smart? Oh, come on, dude. I mean, he's not an idiot. I mean, we, he's not the greatest writer in the world, but he's the guy. Is, he could be. He could be leaning into it. He could be. Wait, what? If, be. if you lean into the insult. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Not okay, the dick. Okay. Come yeah, on. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> what the hell are you guys talking but about? But I think ultimately the idea of his own hubris, whether it's dab oh, as Chuck or thing. Chuck himself <laughs> fucking up, I think it would be interesting to see him be trapped on our world having to live through this world yeah. as a human i mean castiel brings it up with dean in the same episode what if god was just one of us oh fuck you <laughs> but what if he wasn't on our side but what if god was just one of us what if god was one of us that's what people tune in for what if god is just a slide what if it <laughs> i feel like that's a song but i don't give a fuck i'm gonna plagiarize it so Castiel brings up with Dean this very episode about <laughs> the situation that they call life. He says whether or not things would have been orchestrated or not, we made our own decisions. And yeah, maybe the he set the obstacle course, but we got to chose we got to choose where we wanted to go. And when things didn't work out, that's called life. I think if Chuck is doomed to stay here forever, that would be a kind of nice comeuppance. Yeah. That life is fucking hard. And now you are stuck having to deal with it. There's no escape. There's no figuring out. You got to make it work, dude. I like that. But more importantly, the Castiel-Dean interaction, other than feeling awkward because Cass is still mad at Dean, it feels a little weird with the stakes as they are right now. But when he says to him this idea that they 
whether the obstacles were set, they still got to make their own decisions. The question then comes up, does this fix the idea of free will as it has been presented since the beginning? What do you think, Ryan? Uh, I think if we, if we see Chuck struggling more with his power and everything, I think, yes, it will fix the fact that they will be able to make their own decisions. No, 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 not that. Like, I misunderstood the question then. If that's not what we're talking about. No, like the fact that, okay. Castiel talks with Dean about their actions and free will. Right. And the way it's set up, it feels like. It feels like they're posing a philosophical question opposed to Mm -hmm. a definitive statement on free will. Yeah. And free will has never been a philosophical aspect. It's been definitive. It was tangible. Yes. Sam and Dean bucked the system and they made their own destiny. destiny, forged their own path. Right. And now with that discussion, it turned into almost like an interpretive discussion using Castiel to pose a philosophical look at it and then using Dean as a way to say, no, that it's is either not. black or white. Yeah. And I'm hoping they don't just leave it at that. I'm hoping that this isn't their attempt to rectify that situation because everyone knows that it does create a big question mark. What does this mean for all of Kripke's run gambles mm-hmm. run and Carver's run? A free will was never a real thing because as we've said and droned on since the season finale last year, it's important. Well, it, it takes is, away all their actions. It is what the show is about at its core. How the hell we have team free will. That's what we were calling it. Yeah. So and, I'm just nervous that the writers yeah. in an attempt uh, to deconstruct Kip Kripke's original plan uh, of free will and turning this concept into more of a philosophical idea opposed to something definitive and concrete. And I'm hoping that's not what they try to do and then never go back to it and say, yeah, this is what it is. I'm just upset that Dean got really pissed off at Castiel when he brought up like stuff that I, I don't know why, but this that, is real though. Ryan, this I, I, I was just, that a Destiel moment. No, I just, when the, he's all, we are real. Oh, yeah, What's that, that, real? Yeah, that, and he's yeah, all, yeah. we are. Yeah. That was a little, that, little was, bit. A little, that was a little over the top. Was that playing think, to the Destiel fans? I think so. Think? I think the thing that, that I expected them to start making out after that. Uh, like, take uh, off the jackets right here, there. Give me your angel. I'm going to put that tie around your neck. What? <laughs> um, I'm going to walk you around like a dog. Come here, you little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, no, I, I was actually really upset that. I like how Thomas liked that one. Of course he did. He was silent for like a like, good 30 Whoa. seconds. And he's all, oh, wait. Oh, like, I'm I'm just, like, you I guys like that aggressive talk. It's watching these, the two of you just go back and forth. Like you guys are so in sync with whatever weird sexual tension <laughs> you got going on right now. It's not sexual it's not, tension. We're it's not just not we know what we cash. like. Yeah. yeah. We're just open about it. Yeah. We don't, play, we don't play queer entire life and then. Yeah, and then just you know come then, out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. We don't shock the world. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Trust me, the world wouldn't be shocked if I came out as queer. <laughs> I think <laughs> the the, <laughs> the thing the thing that makes that made me I was actually like I felt upset is when Cassiel brings up or brings up you know oh your mom's death and Jack and Dean legit like cut him off and was like no don't and I'm like. 
have they not lost enough? Yeah. Well, the thing that that, uh, upset me is that in the last season and a half, Dean's character development has opened him up to conversations like that. Mm -hmm. And he's been a lot more open. And for him to cut Castiel off, someone who he considers as a brother, I mean. It was off-putting for me as well because I had forgotten what had happened. We have been away from the show, at least from that scene, in what, for about six months? Yeah. A lot of time has passed by for us. But you got to remember. Maybe two days passed. Yeah, since see, he I guess was that's angry. The, the time, the time difference. Yeah, I think that's all it is. Is that we have forgotten that only a few days have gone by, but they haven't had a moment to actually deal with that because okay, of that makes a little bit Chuck more revealing but at the himself. Same time at the same time, Dean very much said, "My mom will always be my hero, but I'm not going to bring her back." He he had moved on. In a way, we talked about this in the season finale. I think it was circumstantial, though. Like he moved on because of circumstances. Like because I, of I don't think he emotionally yes. had a chance to truly deal with it yet. But is he really going to blame Castiel Steel still for that? When Jack yeah, was the one that I they would. were deliberately saying this is Jack's fault. We got to put him in a box. We're going to shoot him in the head in a fucking graveyard. It and with how much the brothers have gone through with Castiel, how depressed he was yeah. at the end of season twelve, beginning of thirteen. I have a hard time believing that when the world is coming to an end for at least the third time, he'd still be fuck off, Cass, as opposed to yeah. I'm mad at you. I don't want to talk about it right now. We're gonna have words later. Mm-hmm. But know. this this sharp bite back it just felt very it felt weird forced to me. And I'll admit. I will admit there has been a lot of time for us by comparison to there needs to be more time with these characters. That's the thing is that this episode had Sam and Dean get the least amount of screen time for the entire episode. Well, I think, too, like for me, I forget that our time lapse from when we last watched the episode to now watching is is long. It was a long time lapse. And Mm -hmm. I forget that the time lapse in the show isn't that long. So for me, I'm like, well, that happened a while ago. Like, so it didn't. I think it's and just, it, and it really didn't. And, and I, I think, think that's had it been I a forget, little bit, you know, I think had it been a little bit stronger writing in that scene or had it been the directing altered a little bit for some of the performances. I think we could have gotten the same message or tone across without it feeling so jarring. And I yeah, think that's yeah. things that I don't have a problem with what happened. I had a problem with how it, felt with the direction more than yeah. anything it's, and that's a directing thing and, yes. well a lot of i mean a lot of the issues that we did have with this episode can um, probably amounts to that yeah it's a lot of directing choices that don't quite make a yeah. whole lot of sense which i feel like it's a big shock going from i felt like the strength of last episode was the directing mm-hmm. to an episode that was kind of just going through the motions yeah it's weird yeah Now, for those of you guys who want to hear more about all of these discussions, you guys can subscribe to our Patreon page, not only and get all all the additional episodes, all the additional behind the scenes stuff that we do, but you also now have a chance to win a Dean Winchester sixth scale figure by Quantum Mechanics. When you pledge to our video cast here, you're going to automatically be entered in a drawing to win this thing. Your name will be entered as many times as the months you are a subscriber starting this month. If you are already a video cast tier subscriber, then you have already been entered into the drawing. And for today and today only, we have... That's uh, a mistake. Oh, okay. That, that was for the first day. Sorry. You've already been entered into the drawing. 
So if you have been a tier fan, a, a video cast tier fan for a while, you're already in there. If you start this month, that'll be your first entry into the contest all the way up until the contest ends, which is going to be April of next year, 2020, giving you was that about seven or eight entries, depending on how we do the cutoff exactly. But you have a chance to win this fucking sweet looking Dean Winchester six scale figure by quantum mechanics. So if you're interested in that, and if you want all the additional content that we do every single month, head on over to patreoncom slash rainman digital to subscribe. Now, Castiel and Dean's bit, whether or not we agree with how it felt due to time, Castiel, I think, once again, is going to be kind of an interesting, what, what's the word I'm looking for? A radar as to how the rest of the universe is being affected by the events this season, to which we see he does not have the ability to heal catch. Now, at first we realized with the, the equalizer gunshot wound to Sam, yeah, that makes he sense. can't cure that. That makes sense. That is something far more powerful. It's directly tied to the most powerful entity that they knew of at the time, next to Amara, maybe. The idea, though, that he cannot cure Ketch's simple gunshot wound is really interesting. Now He's caught blocking. <laughs> I thought we covered it. <laughs> but there's two different <laughs> lore elements that could ex- describe that. One, it has something to do with God himself. Is it that God's weakened and therefore angels and all of angelic entity, all light based entities are subsequently weakened? Or is it that we know his powers are basically tied to heaven itself? Is heaven even closer to teetering off the brink from where they were in seasons 13 and 14? And it has to do with his connection to them. Is the host of heaven in peril once more or really never got out of it except jack made some pseudo angels at the end of season 14 but really either way it shows us there is something wrong with the universe and i think because when i look back they never would have called the ambulance back in the day that would have been too many names that would have been fake paperwork oh i'm an fbi agent it would have been very, very complicated. Yeah. So for to deliberately bring out the fact that Cassiel can't heal him, and apparently it was a severe enough gunshot wound that they couldn't patch themselves, it is a deliberate touch to Castiel's messed up, something with his powers or the universe as a whole is messed up. Is this directly connected to the gunshot? Is Chuck slowly losing powers, like a lead poisoning or something? I think so. I, yeah, it has like, to like be. Not that, actual right? lead poisoning, but like conceptually. Hey, I, I got that it's all connected. When it has Ka- to be, When right? Cass said he can't heal Catch, I feel like heaven falling apart, God being injured, it's all connected. So it's just all of it is yeah. the answer then. Yeah. I think it'd be interesting to see, and this is wild speculation time, we've had all the gates, all the doors to hell blown open. And a bunch of spirits and entities and souls get free. We've had heaven say that if things get any worse, all of those souls will fall down as well. A bunch of ghosts is running around. Is it just going to be a fucking chaos on earth with that? Where will Castiel's powers go? Or is this an allusion to that abandon all or uh, the end episode where we see Castiel as another human with no other powers. His powers eventually just faded. Is this a similar touch to that? Could be. 
could be. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that have to be unpacked with that. It was just a single sentence that was dropped in. So anything we say with that is going to be wild speculation right now. All right. The big thing (laughs) for me, we've yet to touch on this episode. Why not? Because I don't agree with it. I don't either. I don't uh, and either. That, and, I, and I know the answer. I, I think I know the answer as to why. But let's talk about Kevin. Much like that old episode title, we need to talk about Kevin. Him being deliberately cast down to hell by God. Uh, I think of all things, this is the thing that bothered me the most this episode. Because it truly makes no sense. As to why this would happen. Why would Chuck cast Kevin of all people that the Winchesters are tied to? Well, because they need him in this episode. That's it. I mean, that it's twofold. They wanted Kevin Thomas, in this. You, you ask me why? Yes. It's plot device. <laughs> Is that it to your question? It does, sadly. It's just plot device. I figured, hey, how are we going to bring him back? What if we just brought him back? We just had God. You know, not be on the side. And then, <laughs> have for some reason, him cast only Kevin. Just Kevin. To hell. Is it because God hates Asians? See, I I look... Is that what we're saying here? Oh, that's fucked up. I looked at this If God as, was one of us, he'd be racist. <laughs> I looked at this as, okay, God did this to fuck with Sam and Dean, right? But, but by that logic... He should have done it with John Winchester when, when, when he, exactly. when he married fa- just when he, when five fa- days yeah. ago, well, when he found out, when he found out that, Fuck. that sa- when, when they, sh- Sam shot him in the graveyard, every one of the people that were supposed to go to heaven that were close to them should have went straight to hell. And I think if we get an explanation and maybe that's the case right there is a better answer. Right fucking there, if, Ryan. If, so if the said, answer you know we get. You fucked with me? Guess what? Everyone that you've ever loved isn't in heaven anymore. They're in fucking hell. The answer we get is in season 11, when Chuck is nothing but benevolent, if a bit of a cock, <laughs> he tells Kevin, I'm going to send you to heaven, Kevin. You've been in the veil long enough. Psych, go fuck yourself. That is what we're told actually happened. Yeah. Now it's a reason to a make God a villain. There is not enough evidence right now to support Chuck is the evil bad guy outside of what we're told. So having things like this is a low-hanging fruit, easy way for A, Kevin to show up again, and B, make Chuck a bad guy. Okay, there's a few things where this also irks me too because I agree. Kevin is the prophet, right? The chosen. So he has not. He he's read the demon tablet. Now, if... Ha- God had cast him down to hell, right? Mm. Would he not think that's bizarre and weird? Like, okay, something's not right. Yep. Would he not, through all of his demon knowledge, find a way to, to open, open up the gates since of hell he knew how to close it, so he can get out and tell Dean, "Hey, something's not fucking right. Chuck is not all he seems Says to be." To be. And that's why I have two. With this. Now we have two better versions. It would One, have been better if it was John Winchester. It would have been better if it was Mary. It would have been better if it was Bobby because you, you chose the very character who literally knows everything. Yeah. Not only does it not make sense, not only is it deliberately done to show God as a villain, as was him just randomly smiting a masseuse for no fucking reason, yeah. but 
right there, we have two versions. One, Kevin uses his ingenuity, knowledge, and profitability to get out of hell, or at least at that time, whisper something between the veil to let Sam and Dean know, alluding to the fact something. Chuck is not what he claims to be. Yeah. Or right there at the end of season 14, that's it. Story's over. Welcome to the end. Snaps his fingers. Everyone you've ever loved has been cast out of heaven because fuck you. That's See, that a spiteful old. Sense. That's a spiteful Old Testament thing that I could completely see. But instead, we don't get either of those. This can't be fixed, Thomas. If the reason why he chose Kevin of all people is because he's afraid of him, because he did read the demon tablet, because there's a knowledge that he has locked in his head that maybe even Kevin, being Kevin, which would actually work with his personality or his characterization doesn't quite even know that he has the knowledge. He knows something. And that's why he sent him to hell to it's silence him and get too rid of powerful. Him. Get rid of the, uh, the yes. only people who could know. Now, if they use that later down the road, all of this will be fine. In my opinion, it could be, it did feel, it, I'll give you that. If they fix it later, there has it to could be work. a reason why if he this... chose Kevin, other than the fact that he's just a fucking asshole. If this is simply God is an asshole, also he killed a masseuse because fuck it, and also Kevin's just going to wander the earth, Incredible Hulk style, until he needs another another plot device, Yeah, that is going to be a big red mark against not only this episode, but the season and and all of this stuff. I like how Kevin was like, oh, you know, go back to hell or go crazy. If I'm not mistaken, when ghosts go crazy, they start killing people. So he's okay with just going crazy and killing people? Or? Yeah, and, and let him walk the earth. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Sam, Dean, you want to let him just kill people? Yeah, that's sure. smart. Or go back to hell, eventually become a demon, and then just be able to walk the earth again without being crazy. Yeah. It's <laughs> long term, man. Let's quiet. not be so short-sighted here. Yes, millennias are a long time, but if you don't die anymore. Well, he's going to walk the earth until we need another plot device. <laughs> And that's the crux of the issue, isn't it? Hey, dude, Dab loves those things that that are only used so that he can have a writing trick to get out of something. He literally drops breadcrumbs. Well, it's because the sandwiches. I don't want to get lost. Yeah. I'm going to tie a little flag here in this tree. <laughs> it's like Goldilocks or some shit. Stack some rocks with this one over here. <laughs> Dude, it's listen. All writers do this. Oh, all but, writers do but, this. But nobody uses a red blinding flag that the that anyone can see. There's there's you know, dir- you, you, there's street you, signs, and then there's a fucking painted road with a guy going like the the Air Force control, like hey, this way, left, left, left. Billboards, horns, see, the whole Kripke, fucking thing. Sarah Gamble. Carver, they were E.T. dropping Reese's Pieces. You know, right. I, hope, I, do like I hope you guys see this. Dab is those sign flippers that, that work out on the side, you know, side of the road <laughs> trying to get you to buy a new car or a, a cell phone. He'll, hey, guys, hey, we're going to we're going to I want you to make sure you understand uh, Kevin's going to come back. Uh, he's important. Maybe not. I might decide not to. Also, refinance your home now. <laughs> I saved 15% of my car insurance by switching to Geico. Yeah, uh, yeah it's just uh, obvious my, and painful. That's my problem because writers do this all the time, and there's nothing wrong with it, but it's so fucking blinding. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is. There's no other way to say it. It's a little bit blinding. 
Um, okay, really fast. Um, Nicole Clark, I want to read this because mm, okay. she had a, a response that's actually decent when it comes to free will. Uh, she says, I always looked at free will as a choose your own adventure kind of book. God knows where each choice will lead, but not necessarily what our choices will be. Now, that's, that's kind of what Cassiel said right, today, or right, this episode. Yeah, pretty much. But the thing is, is I don't like that because that's not free will. Those are still choices that he gave you. Just like in those books, they give you maybe seven options. Those are still options that are presented by a higher power. Yes, like, but, you but is that the, not free will? You have the will to choose whatever you want. It, the, but, the, but they're limited choices. You can go here, you can go here, you go here. Those are still the well, choices. Well, at the same time, if I choose to jump off a building, I'm not going to just fly. I'm going to hit the ground. You know the outcome. That doesn't mean you didn't have the free that choice. that outcome was allowed by the person in the position of higher power. Let it be God in this scenario. Do you get what I'm saying? I get like, what you're saying. I can any, see the argument with though. Sam and Dean. They killed fucking fate. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Like it doesn't, it, it's it not was, congruous with it, previously established canon. Yes. It was always a thing that they made their own goddamn decisions. Yeah. And now they're literally what Dean said. They're rats in a maze or mice in a maze. What was it? Rats in a maze. Something like that. Yeah. Whatever. Kevin Something trans in a maze. Now that poor Kevin, man. Yeah, it's not. It does not mesh with what has been previously built upon over the years, and, and I'm okay. That's why with, it needs to be addressed. Yes, because I'm okay with reworking canon. That's fine, but it, rework. But do don't not, just claim it's different. Right. All right. With that, let's get into some final thoughts. Ryan, what did you think? Any other things you wanted to bring up this episode? Um, honestly, this is something that I, after I watched the episode today, I the first thing I thought is wow, that felt like it was edited all over the place. And I typically don't have that feeling, um, mainly because I don't get as technical as you guys do when I watch the episode, but I felt like it was just all over the place. Mm -hmm. I I don't know why I felt like that. Watching the episode, I was just like, hey, all right, We're we're still here. We're still in this town. Like, I just, it was really weird to me. Um, I... I laughed at the Rowena and Ketch exposition. I thought it was funny. It was funny in a bad way, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but I did like their, you know, them, you know, kind of swooning on each other. I thought that was pretty funny. Right. Um, I tell you right now, I fucking hated Jack the Ripper. I thought it was stupid. Why? And because I hated the way he acted. I also hated the fact that now Ghost... Well, he probably hates you. No, fuck him. He's a piece of shit. So in 1888, I'm glad he died. Anyways, I hate the fact that ghosts used to be this creepy, mysterious thing that didn't talk. And now all of a sudden they're Victorian aged, you know, can talk like they're amazing instead of being these crazy mentally... And they're holding democratic meetings. Yeah, democratic meetings. Uh, we're here, 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 we're here at the Ghost Book Club. And- yeah, yeah. At Meredith's house, lovely spread. Love what you've done with the place. You that is literally what it was, and it was fucking Jeffrey. Jeffrey, wait your turn. It was fucking horrible, dude. I hated it. I hated it. What? What? Like who? Who thought of that? Who said? You know what? Hey, man. Um, what about ghosts having a meeting? That's fucking weird. It's bad, dude. It was I bad. was in a meeting earlier. It felt like hell. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah, and I think ultimately, because you and I were talking about this off the air, uh, Thomas. Mm-hmm. 
ultimately, I think that's probably why we feel so awkward about this is because these don't feel like ghosts. And it's because we've never really dealt with ghosts. They turned ghosts who into were, stooges. Who were pulled well, from that's hell. The thing is, so ghosts were always souls who stayed behind and then would become corrupted and go insane and do right. their traditional ghost things. These are souls of human entities who are being tortured and and horrendously maimed in hell so really ghost isn't an accurate title it's lost souls more than anything else that's what they should have done we would have bypassed this whole weird yes, yes. like ghost angle if they had just called them escape souls they, they all they had to say was they're lost souls same rules as ghosts iron will take them out you can shoot them with rock salt it won't kill them it won't you can't banish them to hell like you could have done all kinds of solutions They're to in the this. process of turning full demon. You know, this is the this is the rules. You could but have, if you leave, if you don't solve this problem quickly enough, they will go crazy. And yeah. then you have all these other ghost problems See, fixed. Bam. The, the weird strangeness. Five minutes. Yeah. I uh, it, it just it threw me off. They, they were they were complete stooges. And I typically just I, I, it was something that i just couldn't get over like it it, it was yeah. the whole episode it was all i was thinking about i was like first of all everything we've ever seen about jack the ripper is he's this methodical creepy you know guy who was some type of you know doctor who did surgeon surgical cuts on women chop happy yeah and now you've turned him into mo larry and curly like it just it didn't seem right to me I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. yeah like it just didn't make sense to me um i like i love catch I think him showing up was cool. I I I dig him. We all know that I love. I think they Rowena. should make a rom com spinoff with Catch and Rowena. I'd watch it. Yeah, it'd be called like Catch and Rowena, like that. Catch Rowena. No, Catch and Rowena. Oh, Catch and oh, yeah. like Chase and Amy. Yeah. Got it. That's that's cool, dude. Yeah. Kevin Smith comes to direct. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, makes sense. But they fuck in it. Oh man, it's rated. It's on show. HBO. It's on HBO. Fuck yeah, dude. I better see some. All right. Instead of like uh, chasing Amy, it'd be more like Zach and Mary. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'd watch that one Lots too. Lots of anal. Ooh, wow. <laughs> uh, Jay Muse has a has an anal scene. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Oh my um, which is true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but uh, I don't know, man. I it's it, magic Viagra. It, by hearing what you we said earlier in the show that it's a it's a three parter. I'm gonna. I'm going to be easy on this one because I, I really I was watching it and I was just kind of – I was eh the whole time. I'll be honest. I was eh the whole time. Obviously, Jared and Jensen are awesome as Sam and Dean. I can't complain about that. I think the one thing that threw me off was Dean's – but I think since you guys explained the time lapse for us, time lapse in the show, it makes a little bit more sense. Um, so this one I'm going to give hmm. a 60. So you're rating this one higher. I'm going to give it a little higher. It was a little bit better than the, than the really? opening. I, I thought it was a little bit better uh, only because um, catch is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, otherwise I, I give this a 6% boost because catch was I mean, awesome. It makes kind of sense. <laughs> it's, right? such a, it's such a riot review. It's a, riot it's a 2% review. boost. Yeah, no, I, didn't give, I didn't give it a huge boost. Oh, what did you give the last episode? 58. 58 yeah. What did I give the last episode? 55. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I didn't go. I didn't go massive. Now these scores could change if the third episode, if this is a true three-parter, as we said with last week's, this yeah. one might have and, affected. And, and that's true. I mean, that's it would not be the first time we've done that with the, if if it is a three-part right. opening. So, all right, Mike, what about you? Final thoughts? Anything you want to add that we didn't touch on? Um, I kind of already gone into the free will aspect, but mm-hmm. uh, 
I'll just harp on it again really fast for my final thoughts. Free will was never a philosophical question or concept. It was a definitive In Supernatural, thing. it was universally felt and tangible. The Winchester's actions were felt across the universe, bucking their perceived destinies and throwing a middle finger at anyone that tells them otherwise is what the espion was really about at its core. And if you turn this into something philosophical and left for interpretation, the show will lose its soul. So I'm hoping that was just there to create discussion and to get Dean talking so we can understand how he's feeling at to get inside his head at that moment. Uh, I have problems with the darkness, uh, this cosmic being that was so hurt because she was tucked away uh, without any care. Like she wasn't important. Mm -hmm. And now she's just dismissive and bothered by God. Uh, Flash Chuck. uh, Yeah. I mean, two years, three years changes something that, she was struggling with for a millennia or since the dawn of time. Her entire motivation for season 11 was to get her brother's attention. Not and now, she hated him. Yeah. She loved him. She loved him and she wanted his attention. And now she can't be bothered by him. It, that doesn't make sense. It's strange. Yeah. Uh, problems with Chuck. Chuck was this introspective, neurotic, self-deprecating individual with a bit of narcissistic self-importance sprinkled on top. Mm-hmm. That's who he was. It worked. He was a fucking writer. That's, that's how a lot yeah. of writers are. Yeah. Now he's this hack, swarmy, petulant, entitled child. Angry. I get what he was. I get that he was playing a part Right, I guess that's what they're. I guess, but not in, not in eleven. But season they 11. took everything that made this character intriguing and charming and flushed it. Yeah, and I no matter how it shapes up, it will go down in history as the biggest character assassination of all time. Well, in my opinion, is. because Chuck was a likable character. Now you could still make him a baddie and make him charming and make him likable. Mm-hmm. Make us maybe empathetic to his narcissism. You could. They could very do easily. that. You could still have him be this guy who really didn't care about people without turning him into a child. He's, he's acting like or a brat. Or better yet. He's if acting like a brat now. Better yet, if he's a writer, what better way for him to give him a reason as to why he abandons all of his creations? Because yeah. a writer never thinks it's good enough. Right. If yeah. You, you create... But you always fuck it up somehow. So you try again and again and again, and it'll never be perfect. It'll never be what you want. And you hold it to your own standards more than anybody else, and you're always unhappy with it. Wouldn't you eventually throw some drafts in the trash? Right. Carver's version of Chuck, I felt, worked. Yes. That's the Chuck we should have got here. Yep. Someone who, hey, I failed. I, You know what? I'm done. I'm done. You don't like what I'm doing? You don't like that I'm controlling things? I'm done. Yeah. But they turned them into child. A child. They turned him, yeah, a child who knows he's caught. What is that? Hmm. Oh. Is that fixed? There yeah, it's better. I don't know what it, happened. They, they turned him into a child who knows he's been caught and he's going to do everything spiteful now. Mm-hmm. It's out of spite. And I, nobody, nobody is going to feel for a character when it's out of spite. We I feel always, like they're trying too hard to make God 
the villain. I, I think I think they're trying to make us hate him too quick. Yeah, absolutely. By and and again, it, it I can't say it's I can't really say it's bad writing. Maybe I can. I think with Kevin you can because no, with Kevin yes. I'm talking about with Chuck <laughs> specifically. I because was that not you could say dab made an excuse he's playing a part and you can always say that well he was just playing a part he was just playing a part i disagree but you take everything that was good everything that kripke did with this character everything carver did with this character and you turned him into a shitbag i don't know and i and i i feel like it could all work and i'm really trying to Walk that tightrope between mm-hmm. fan and critic, and it's honestly, hard, I won't know until, until it's way later. Until it's over, I yeah. won't know until it's all done whether or not this was good writing or just me upset about what you want, what I think Chuck should be. Yeah, but, but honestly, going over this, you know, once it it. it doesn't come off as good no so what do you what do you give that one? Oh, this episode was uh terribly directed and it was uh, an awful script the story i thought the overall story there's a lot of interesting things they're throwing in there and i'm intrigued but when you had if you have to break this down academically the script was some of the worst from buckner and and that's sad because Eugenie Ross Lemming and Brad Buckner have been actually they improving turned, for a while. They, they were on fire. They were on fire. I think we rated all their episodes the high. last two years very high. High. Very high. So I don't know what happened with this episode. I found myself bored. I was looking at my phone, which never happens when I watch Supernatural. Mm-hmm. The pacing was weird. The directing choices was weird. I don't know what happened. I feel I feel horrible that I'm yeah. saying this right now. Awful. Feel like I'm not the fan I should be, but it it wasn't a good episode. No. It wasn't. I'm going to give it a 47. Hmm. All right. Which is still, you know, not bad. It's still a yellow, you know. Yeah, it's eh, still a for yeah, us. It's, it's not bad good. unless it's below 40. Yeah, for us. Yeah. Um yeah, piggy, piggybacking a lot on what both of you said it feels like they're rushing to make Chuck the villain by him just casting Kevin down. And I couldn't help but physically groan when he's like, yeah, when Chuck cast me down, it kind of gave me this bad boy rep. And that screamed (laughs) where we are at right now in some ways. I do agree. I think some of the ideas can work. The poetic justice of God being trapped in a creation in a trap of his own making. Yeah. Is great a lot of good ideas that that the people he's always made the heroes are now heroes against him but i think we have to be very careful about how we do this because when we rush forward with these you know kevin got cast down just for shits and giggles apparently that he smites this masseuse which just still bothers me he just just kills someone arbitrarily for no reason for no reason that amaro is changed from this I love you, but I hate you, brother and sister. What was nice about Amara and Chuck was very similar to Lucifer and Michael, which Sam and Dean were always able to overcome. I love you. I hate you sometimes, but we will always choose each other. While these more powerful entities who created and destroyed the universe couldn't quite get there. And that's what made humans better. And now 
she's dismissive. He's a petulant child. It is a character assassination, not just for Chuck, but almost for Amara, too, depending on how they continue to write her. The ghosts in the daylight still don't quite work for me. The directing is bad. The writing is stilted and heavy with exposition, and it just felt lazy, and that is a low quality, and that is a painful statement for me. I really want people to know that both as a fan and a critic, that is hard to say because – and we talked about this off-air, Mike. Supernatural was always the show, show that you could point to and say, look at what this show is doing. In 2005 – Dude, Supernatural wasn't just good. It was great. It was Yeah. It was one of the best TV shows on the air easily. I'm talking – years. I'm talking if you put them side by side, some of the stuff that was on HBO – and Showtime is the place where people point to and say there's great original programming. Yeah. Supernatural belonged on those lists. On that and, and pedestal. That's why we've come to this show and love it so much because it was fucking excellent. And with whatever is going on this season, whether it's directing or the writing or the makeup or some of the things, like I will say the the effect when, when Jack the Ripper was like bleeding Kevin and disintegrating him. That was kind of cool. That was a great effect. That was a cool shot. But then the, the eye... Makeup horrible. looks terrible. I, I, I done don't better. understand why I'm having such a fluctuation between effects in the same episode. And so much of this season feels like people are going through the motions as if this was just another season. And it's not. And that's where my biggest crux comes down to. You cannot be doing average work when it is the final season and Do everyone you? else is is banking on so much. Things like Kevin's explanation. We came up with three different reasons here. We came up with reasons as to why God is doing certain things the way he's doing it. We came up with reasons as to why Chuck and Rowena don't feel right. Just from a little bit of refining these stories. And it feels like these first drafts are just being put to print. And that's why I got to give this one a 45. It's still a yellow. But it just if the last one I gave a 51 and this one I feel is weaker... I'd say that's where it falls for me. Oh, this yeah. is definitely a weaker episode. I, it now. all comes down to this third parter, really, for this beginning yeah. arc to really kick things off. And when I look at other seasons, episodes one and two, and that's the biggest thing is that it should feel so like hard. the apocalyptic so dread should be everywhere yeah. in this final season, like it was in seasons four and especially five. And when I feel here, it feels like we're just having a weird out-of-body experience in this random town in Kansas. I've never seen our chat room so much on board with each other. Everyone is agreeing with everyone, and everyone's agreeing with what we're saying. Usually, when we're, when we're kind of down an episode, people be like, oh, shame on you guys. Uh-huh. It, it, seems understandable. Like, it seems like I would say everyone in the chat right now is saying the episode was not good. I think yeah. the thing for me that really throws me overboard is that when a when a TV show says, hey, this is our final season, it seems like they pull out all the stops and everything that they do. I mean, look at Game of Thrones. Now, obviously, their budget... But if you ate all the stops first... <laughs> obviously, Game of Thrones' budget is a lot higher than Supernatural's. Forget but, budget. It's all about but, writing. But it, yeah, Game right. of Thrones' budget did not help it. But, but look I'm at saying, Supernatural, I'm, the first you know, 11 the, seasons. The, I'm talking about your gripe with the visual the, effects. The oh, yeah, yeah. Factor. yeah. So what it seems like to me is is CW is like, hey, guess what? We're going to give you a regular season budget, but this is your final season. So good luck. Like, I just, 
I, I don't understand too, Thomas, because we've been through seasons where visual effects and practical effects and things were so fucking good. Even last year Even with last, the Kahunta. And, and I just, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like you're right. I feel like some people are phoning it in and it doesn't seem like anyone really gives a shit. And I hate and, saying that. No, and it's well, the, hold on. We're I don't two like episodes saying, in, guys. No, 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 no re- but I'm saying just based on oh, this. Yeah, based yeah. on certain things, yeah. Whether it's this episode, this three-part arc, something is off this season. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm not sitting here saying that this season is going to suck. If it they turn, still it, turn it around, if they turn it around and it's the greatest thing since sliced bread, I will sit here and tell you it's the greatest I thing think, since sliced bread. I, this is the, what I think. Now, yes, I was harsh with, and I wasn't harsh. I was being honest with my final thoughts, but Ryan, I get what you're saying. And Thomas, mm-hmm. but okay, let's, let's now look at this from the other side. Okay. This is the final season. As you're mm-hmm. saying, they probably weren't quite sure what they're going to do with the final season. In fact, that's not probably that's a fact. fact. We already know that they even said that uh, Jared and Jensen Jensen were adamantly uh, stating that they wanted to be involved during the summertime. So that tells you right there that things are being changed. Right. And the story was not completely worked. That being said, they they are. I'm going to give them a pass for I'm going to give them a pass. I'm going to tell you now for three or two more episodes. Okay, two more episodes. I still am going to have the faith because I feel like this is much like a movie, a sequel sometimes when it tries to go another direction and they are getting their feet underneath them and they're trying to set everything up so that they can move in the direction they need to in order to close out the show. Are they doing it a bit sloppy? Yeah, Mm -hmm. but look at everything they're giving us. In the last two episodes, they have given us a lot. As I said, it's been paced poorly. Not enough in the first episode, then a bunch thrown into this episode, and it just doesn't feel right. However, we do have it. We do have it. We, we are. We have been given all of this, all of these new elements, these things that will no doubt be used to form the myth arc for the final season. And that's the reason why I am staying positive, because they have given us what we need in order to say, okay, well, they do have a plan and they're trying to put it together right now. And I, I agree. I think this is less a harp on the entire season yet because that's not fair and we haven't seen enough of it as it is discussion of what seems to be a, a miss so far. But I think yeah. this also might stem from the fact that if it is the final season, maybe they save that budget for the final few episodes. Uh, dude, if that's the case, or I, will sh- I will shut the fuck up. It could be a part... I'm just factor of the fact that they have a three part opener. So yeah. for the first time, we're like, Who we've knows? never been like contained to one area for so long. That hasn't been the bunker. I think, that's, I think that's weird. I think that's another thing that's really kind of weird about it. So it might just be that it's unnatural for us. Yeah, look, I, look guys, I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm agreeing with Thomas as far as it, it, this episode, as far as the season goes, if, if too early, if the last five episodes are the greatest episodes of supernatural in the history of supernatural, then I will tell you that. But I'm just saying that these first two episodes of what we've had for season premieres, these are weak as fuck. And I just still need to knock it out of the park. I just, I, I'm under the mentality of if this is your final season and you're going away and you've been on for 15 motherfucking years, if you're not zero to a hundred right off the bat, then what the fuck are you doing? That's Maybe they stalled the out. Maybe it's a stick shift. Well, and they, yeah, well it's a millennial they, driving who doesn't yeah. know how to drive a stick shift. <laughs> oh, Makes come sense. on. Millennials, millennials know how to drive stick shift. No, they don't. Do you know how to drive uh, stick yes, shift? Yes, I do. 
Well, you're a millennial. Do you, Thomas? You? No, but they, I just they, don't care about cars. I don't. I, I'm if like, it has four wheels and gets me here, I'd take a bus if it wasn't inconvenient. I'm just saying. It. it, it I am under the mentality of this is our final season. You've been on for 15 years. You need to be going 100 miles an hour as we start. Listen, you're not wrong, but under the leadership we have, yeah, showrunner. Okay, dad, fine. 65 <laughs> miles an hour at least. <laughs> Shit. An even 40. Oh, they're high right now and they're going really slow. Okay. Fuck. Can we hit a downhill so they can put it in neutral? Fuck. Hey. Go off the cliff. Oh, Fuck. shit. Uh, All right. Before we close out, we got a little bit of updates for you guys if you are interested in additional content. So as a way to make things a bit easier when it comes to when to expect new Crossroads episodes, we have now an official schedule for our releases. Uh, we want the content to be more spaced out throughout the month rather than all these edge edging to the last minute, then unload all this stuff at you guys all at once. And now this is more like the pirate's code. It's more of a guideline than actual rules. Parlay. Parlay. <laughs> stupid. So that's when it comes to our Patreon. Plus, if you are a Patreon subscriber, you're now going to have an opportunity to get about three to four new episodes a week. Uh-huh. So for 2019-2020 Crossroads <laughs> on demand release schedule is as follows. On Monday, you will get the video cast discussion on or the cinematography episode mm. of Supernatural for Patreon subscribers. Fuck yeah. On Tuesday, <laughs> you'll get the regular Crossroads Season 15 discussions. And if you're a Patreon subscriber on Tuesday, you will also get the pre-shows. Mm. On Wednesday, you will get the Season 15 preview discussions for the upcoming episode. <sighs> Again, this is Patreon. On Thursday, you'll get the bonus cast the first Thursday of every month. And on the third Friday of every month, you'll get a Crossroads mini cast. The point is, is pledge to our Patreon page. Please pledge. It helps us do everything. We're trying to hit 100 subscribers in order to keep the lights on in the studio. I need to just, you know, in order for me not to just give up and quit. (laughs) You know, forget the lights on in the studio. (laughs) This is very expensive. It's the lights on in his soul. This is very expensive to keep doing this. And honestly, as we get going down this road for another what how many years have we been doing this six. i've been doing it six and if we don't start adding more people to that patreon pledge it's time to wrap it up and i'm just being honest like we it's have, a somber thought but have, there is some truth to we this, have guys. thousands thousands upon thousands upon thousands of listeners and it blows me away that a dollar that they're not pledging a dollar so Coffee. i'm just i'm just i told myself starting in october i'm just gonna be blunt Fucking pledge, dude. If you listen to our show week in, week out, why not throw us a fucking dollar? One cup of coffee in a month. Because I am going to shut this bitch down. I just can't do it anymore if, if we're not getting pledges for Patreon. It's ridiculous. So remember, guys, we have the $1 minicast tier. I'm going to dab this motherfucker. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I'm just going to grab my ball and go home. At $2, you'll get the cinematography of Supernatural. $3 a month gets you the pre-show. $5 gets you the bonus discussions and bonus cast and the preview discussions. And at the $10, you get the additional video cast. And remember, with every tier subscription, you gain access to all of the content on that tier and everything below it. So please share the show. Please pledge. It helps it's us fucking more dollar. than you know. Oh. Head on over to patreon.com slash join slash Digital. With that, we want to thank everybody who already is a patron. Thank you. You mean more to us than you know. Thank you for all for listening. Be sure to share the show, and we will see you all next time. You little maggot. 
You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt.